thank you for praying for us. We were gone about two or three weeks and had a chance to go to a couple of graduations, to a mission meeting, and, and got a chance to drive 3,000 miles. Isn't that fun? <laughs> but uh, thank you for praying for us. And we had the opportunity to see uh, uh, a lot of ministries, both on Wednesday and Sunday. We went to several churches and got a chance to see what was going on in the different ministries and uh, what was happening, how they were reaching people and what was going on. And, and that was a blessing. We're always, it's good, it's good to go to places and kind of get, you know, kind of get your life tweaked a little bit and all. We have a tendency to kind of think the only the way to do it is the way that we're doing it, you see. And so, and that must be the right way because it's the way that we are doing it. <laughs> but uh, I've found out a lot of ways, a lot of changes, a lot of things going on. And I was thinking, <clears throat> wouldn't it be nice to be able to have a, a meeting with Jesus? Kind of, you know, sit down and, and say, now, Jesus, uh, what do you think about what's going on in the church today? You know, a lot of things are happening, and we were we went from, we were in Texas and Kansas and Missouri and and then Jacksonville, Florida, and we went to a lot of churches. A lot of things are happening, a lot of things going on, and uh, and I hope every place we went, I hope they think they're doing it right. You know, I hope that's the case. I always tell folks in our Connect class that uh, uh, when you look at our ministry, particularly here in Florida, uh, we have people that are all over this country that they come here, and of course. Uh, the way the church was back where they went was exactly the way to do that. And so it's always kind of exciting to sit in the class with them and, and explain to them that we're not going to do it that way. And that's always encouraging. And I always try to tell them the thing is, it, it's not, you've got to think of this phrase, it's not wrong, it's just different. If you get a hold of that, it helps you understand. But, but having said that, it would be nice if we could just kind of sit across from Jesus and say, Jesus, you know, what do you think about what's happening in the church? More than that, what do you think about the Christians today? Uh, you know, there's a lot of people that call themselves Christian. Have you noticed that? Uh, I don't know that they know the definition of the word, but they know the word. And, uh, and so I'd like to ask Jesus, you know, Jesus, you know, you're seeing this. You're, om you're omnipotent. You're omniscient. You know everything, and you're everywhere. And so you're nothing. Uh, I always tell people, uh, it's neat to understand. And has it ever occurred to you? It's never occurred to God. <laughs> it's kind of an interesting thing. That God is not surprised about what's happening today. And so uh, you're thinking, well, preacher, I appreciate what you're saying, but, you know, how can we do that? How can we have a, a meeting with Jesus to ask him what's going on? Well, I'm so glad you asked that question because the Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You got that? I mean, he doesn't change, and how he deals, and this is kind of a cool deal, how he dealt with things uh, hundreds of years ago, he deals with them the same way now. You talk about consistency. Uh, he doesn't change his mind. It's very consistent. And because that's the case, when we come to the Word of God and we open the Word of God, Jesus is speaking to us. You want to know what God thinks about things, all you got to do is take the Word of God. Uh, if you will, turn to the book of uh, Revelation. Uh, in the book of Revelation, we are studying uh, these seven churches uh, what's interesting about these seven churches that we look about here in the book of Revelation is that they're so different. Every church is different. And uh, we find that the Lord is dealing with them. And so if, if we wanted to ask the question to Jesus, well, what do you think about this? What do you feel about this? He's going to tell us what he thinks and what he feels because the Bible's clear that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, <clears throat> in the book of Revelation chapter 2, just a kind of, quick review 
A few weeks ago, we talked about the Ephesus church. If you got your Bibles, let's go ahead and, you know, I, I'm glad you brought your Bible. You can even turn, you can even use them, you know. What, what do you think about that? And uh, Revelation chapter 2, and look at verse 1. Under the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Class, who is that he's talking about here? Who is it? Jesus Christ, because this is, this is who's getting ready to talk to us, and so we need to listen to what he's got to say. Now, it's important to understand, and we're dealing with the Ephesus church. The Ephesus church was a very busy church. Uh, look at the things they were doing. Verse 2, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst bear them which are evil, uh, and thou triest them which say they are apostles and are not, and found them liars, and hast borne and hast patience for my name's sake, hast labored, hath not fainted. This church was very active. Now, in no place here you'll find that Jesus said they shouldn't be active. Uh, if anything, he was commending them for what they were doing. But what you need to understand here, this was all outside stuff, all in the exterior. You know, they were very busy, and, and they had their groups and their committees and their programs, and all this stuff was going on, and, and, and he wasn't condemning them for it. He was commending them. But then there's a word. Look at the word. In verse uh, 4, nevertheless, <laughs> it's kind of a painful word. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Again, who's speaking, class? Jesus is speaking. And what he's saying to him, hey, so he's saying, you know, I, I appreciate all these things you're doing, but the, the main thing that you need to be doing is you need to be loving me. Uh, one of the first steps to real growth and change in a church, in a ministry, is love Jesus Christ. I mean, if we could do anything or we could say anything that would move you into an area, that's the area we want to move you into. You need to love the Lord. And it's hard work to love somebody, isn't it? You all married? Okay, I got it. I mean, <laughs> I won't go. I better all know. Sometimes you just let things go, don't you? But you understand I know some of you think she's, anyway, but, uh, but, but you, you got to work at this stuff, you know. You, gotta, you just can't say the word, I love you. I think it's very important. You have to work at that. I mean, your actions have to speak, and so it's very important to express your love. It's very important to do things that he loves, that, you, that, you know, uh, that she loves, uh, get involved with their life. Love's very sacrificial. It's amazing. When you read 1 Corinthians 13, the Bible talks about what love is. Love does not behave itself unseemly. You know, it's a lot of stuff we hear talked about in the guise of love that I don't know what they're talking about. The, the, the first letter L is right, but after that, they've got it wrong. <laughs> There's a U instead of an O there. And so it's important to understand that what we need to understand that we need to love God. Now, he goes on real quickly. Let me give this on. Verse 5, remember. That word remember means admit. Admit. Therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent. And do the first work, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of this place, except thou repent. And of course, what he's talking about here, the power to do God's work comes from God. It's not our programs. It's not our music. It's not our buildings. It's God. If we don't get a hold of that, we're in trouble. If we think that we can do anything that will cause the work of the Lord to go forward without him, we're in serious trouble. And so we need to remember that. Verse 6 says it, But this thou, uh, ha thou hast hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. The Nicolaitans guys, they were the people that it was God plus something. It was 
God plus works. You know, God, Jesus plus baptism. Jesus plus membership. Jesus uh, by, you know, keeping the rules and regulations. And these were these guys here and all, and that wasn't the right thing. Verse 7, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith in the churches. To him that overcome will I give to either the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. This We talked about this a few weeks ago. Uh, this is the busy church that God dealt with, God talked about. Uh, he was uh, concerned for them. Uh, he was excited about what they were doing, but he had some things he wanted them to straighten out. There was room for improvement. Let me ask you this morning, is there room for improvement in your life? Or have you arrived? You're all that you need to be. You've come to church just to bless us, haven't you? Hey, you're here just to come. I mean, you're magnanimous. I mean, just your aura. Being here this morning is, is good for all of us, isn't it? We're so glad you came. Well, I don't think that's probably the case. I think we all need the Lord. We all need, there's room for improvement. There's some things that we need to deal with. Now, <clears throat> that was the busy church. What he told them, you need to put me first. The first step when it comes to growth and change, we need to put him first. Now, I, I realize this is Mother's Day, and the church I'm talking about today is the suffering church. You ladies understand suffering, don't you? Well, I, I didn't mean it to bring it out that way. We're actually at the end of the service. We're going to, you know, you know, we're going to do all that we can to let you know how much we appreciate you and honor you, and, and I have a, I have a, little thing to read that I'm sure will impact your life in a few minutes. But, uh, but we look at the second church here that we find that uh, is dealing with uh, suffering and difficulties. And uh, there's a phrase that I want to give you when it comes to suffering and difficulties. The phrase is look up and look ahead. If you look up and look ahead, you're going to be able to deal with suffering. Now, hey, guys, come on. We all suffer. Some more, some less. I mean, we're going through suffering, but the question that we have to deal with, how do we handle suffering? Uh, not only do we handle our own suffering, but it's tough to see your loved ones suffer, isn't it? It's tough to see your children suffer. Uh, it's tough to see your friends suffer. It's tough to see our country suffer. It really is. It's, it's just heart-wrenching. Uh, what we're seeing within our country. And, I, and, and it's difficult to deal with that. And I, and I know it's very easy when we go through things like this. It's, it's very easy to ask the question, why am I suffering? You know, why is the world suffering? And, you know, why are these things happening? And, you know, I almost want to get on the seat and I want to sit across from Jesus and say, why are these things happening? Why are we going through some of the stuff that we're going through? Why, why do we see the things that are going on in our world today? You know, why is these things happening? And I, I think that, you know, uh, what I'm grateful for that is that Jesus doesn't sit back and try to avoid the question. Aren't you glad that, that he's not, he's not uh, all of a sudden say, well, let's talk about something else. I, I'm so thankful that he's willing to, uh, to say, well, let's face that. And we see that he did here uh, in uh, Revelation chapter 2, why we're suffering, why we're going through difficulties. Let me give you two or three things this morning. Uh, the first one we find uh, here in verse uh, 8, and, and under the angel of the church of Smyrna, of course, Smyrna was a, a city in Asia, a very, a very uh, successful city, a very wealthy city. It was a port city. Uh, it, was, uh, uh, it was beautiful. If you'd have been in Asia, you'd have been very impressed with the city of Smyrna, and they were very impressed with themselves. Uh, they had a street that circled the city called the Golden Street. On the Golden Street were all the... All the false gods, Zeus and Aphrodites and, and, and Apollo and all those kind of folks, those are the kind of things on this golden street. And, and in this city uh, lived uh, Christians. 
and it was a very difficult for them in this very affluent city, and, and I know that uh, they, were, they were going through some very difficult times facing uh, these problems, and, and I'm sure they had questions like we're having questions. You do realize today things aren't getting better. That's not a surprise to you, isn't it? Things that used to hold very dear are being challenged today. And it'd be very easy, and it should be part of our life, to question why are these things happening. And, you know, uh, I, I always think, what would Jesus say to them? And we see here in verse 8, and under the angel of the church of Smyrna write, These things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. Who is he? Who are we talking about? Jesus Christ. I know thy works. Hmm. I know. Thy tribulation, thy poverty. But thou art rich, and I know that the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but, but are the synagogue of Satan. One of the first things that Jesus says here, he says, I know. I know. I think we need to remember, it's just a very important point, to remember that even though some of the things that we're going through, that God knows about these things. Uh, he's aware of the problems I'm having. Do you sometimes feel like that no one knows? And most folks don't care. And it's very difficult to get into a position like that, and it can happen to us and all, and to think that, man, you know, we're in trouble, and, and I'm so grateful to tell you this morning that God knows what's going on. God's, there's nothing that can happen to you that God is not aware of, that God knows about all these things. God's aware of them. God's conscious of them. I wrote down some phrases that you'll never hear God say. Are you ready? I didn't see that one coming. You'll never hear God say that. How about this one? This totally shocked me. No, you won't hear that. How about this one? You got to be kidding. God will never say that. Or how about this one? Could you run that by me again? You know, yeah. you ever talk to someone and you don't quite get what they're saying? God will never be in that position. Why? Because he knows everything. Uh, he's gone through all these kind of things. And you may be here this morning and you feel like whatever you're suffering, whatever you're facing, and is that it's so difficult and, and you feel so alone. But I want you to understand that you're not alone. God is with you. He said he'll never leave you nor forsake you. So God knows. This is how he answered the church of Samaria, the suffering church. And you have come here this morning and going through some very difficult times. God knows what you're going through. Not only that does he know, but he understands. Well, that's a cool deal. God understands what you're going through. He understands when you're falsely accused. and He understands when you're being ridiculed. and He understands when you're being misunderstood. and He understands when you're being rejected. And he understands what it means to, to suffer and go through problems. And There's no suffering that he does not understand. Some of you this morning, is everything you can do to get here. Oh, you're hiding it pretty good. Are you ready? Let's do it. Christian smile. Front teeth. Some of you got to work at that, man. I doubt your Christianity. You get this Christian smile down. But you're here and you're singing. Oh, you're singing about Jesus and you're smiling and you're talking to people. How you? I'm doing fine, you liar. You're not doing fine. You have done fine a long time. And you're doing everything you can to hold on. And you're even wondering why God brought you here. And if you've been in sunshine very many times, you know what I believe. I believe that God is sovereign. And I believe that you're here because God brought you here. He's having a meeting with you this morning. And the thing he wanted to tell you is I know and I understand what you're going through. 
I'm aware of it. I understand it. This is what he told the church in Smyrna. I think God brought you here to remind you of that. Look at verse 10. Not only does he understand, he knows. Verse 10, fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. One of the most common phrases in the word of God is this, don't be afraid. It's there everywhere. Don't be afraid. But can I ask you a question this morning? How do you do that? How do you pull that one off? How do you make that work? Not being Because we all struggle with fear difficulties in our life and how, how do we deal with that and you know how, that with what you gotta understand he's not saying to pretend that suffering doesn't hurt because it does hurt uh, this is the real world that we're living in and we have real problems sometimes folks when it comes to the church and Christianity uh, they live in a fantasy world uh, they think God when God is saying you know not to be afraid they think God is saying don't be afraid it's going to be it's going to turn out okay don't be afraid, life is going to be perfect. Don't be afraid, you don't have anything to worry about. You might want to read your Bible a little bit. If you've got it, you may, you may have caught it, maybe, maybe you didn't catch this. Look again in verse 10. Very important that you understand what he's saying. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. It's a scary verse to me. He didn't say they weren't going to suffer. He says you are going to suffer. You see it? I don't know about you. That's a, that's a very uncomfortable verse for me. I, I want God to say I'm not going to suffer. Don't you all? You know, I want God to say there's no suffering. Don't worry about it. You're not going to suffer. But he doesn't say that. Uh, he, says, he says, you are going to go through difficult times. You are going to suffer. And so, uh, you know, I think it's important that, you know, sometimes when I, I get around Christians and they are going through some difficult time, it's almost like, you know, God has let them down or God has lied to them or they didn't, they didn't read the whole contract on this Christianity thing. And I'm saying, man, you know, that's not what God said. God said in this world you're going to have tribulation. It says we're going to have problems. We're going to have difficulties. There's a couple of things you need to remember, though. When he says not to be afraid, he's not saying don't feel anything. Weeping's okay. Time, there's times to weep, isn't there? There's times when you're hurt and that's all you can do is weep. Don't, it doesn't mean you're not going to feel anything. He's saying this life of faith, no matter what life throws at you, I know He's going to be there. I know that. I know he's going to be there. And what it means to not be afraid and realize that it means that God is going to take care of you. He's going to be there for you. He says, trust me no matter what you're feeling. Faith, I wrote this down, faith is a decision not to deny your fear, but to move ahead in spite of your fear. That's what faith is. Faith, I believe, is, is not denying your feelings. It's recognizing of God's presence and God's power. That's what it means not to be afraid. That God has not abandoned us. That he is powerful. And these things that we're going through, and they hurt, and they're, and they're painful, and, and there's no way we can act like they're not, and God doesn't want us to act like they're not. 
He said, hey, don't be afraid. I'll be there with you. The second thing I think he's talking about here is that watch out for being afraid of being afraid. Watch out for being afraid of being afraid. What I mean by that, you're going through a very serious situation, and it works out, and you came through it, but then you start thinking, what if? What if you didn't come through it? What if that happened or this happened? You know what that's called? It's, it's called worry. Y'all ever do that? Worry. Worry is negative meditation. I always get around folks. I have a hard time meditating, you know. I said, you meditate all the time. It's just called worry. You think about it all the time. And what I'm saying here is that you need to understand that, you know, you need to be afraid of not being afraid. Say, well, I've got through this thing, and, 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 yeah, but what if this happens and that happens? And what I want to say to you this morning is this. I understand God will not give me grace for something that hasn't happened to me. God will not give you grace for something that hasn't happened to you. But God will give you grace for things that do happen to you. Some of the Jackson families here today, we had the privilege Friday of being with Terry and Belinda. What a, I always like going with them because we eat in strange places. We eat where the locals eat. <laughs> and that was a lot of fun. And I really enjoyed being with them and, and it's such a blessing and, and uh, just so great. We spent several hours with them. And uh, Terry is going, is going through an unbelievable uh, crisis in his life. And we, t we talked about it. I can tell you this. He told me. You often wonder how you're going to face serious problems in your life. And we, him and I got together and talked. And he told me, he said, you know, I've talked about this all my life, or most of it. But God's grace is sufficient. But what we struggle with, when I get around folks today, a lot of folks today, what they're struggling with is not what's happened to them. It's what they think is going to happen. And from that, their joy is, their joy is robbed. And I, I, the thing that I encourage you this morning, maybe the reason why you're not doing the things that you need to do in your life, you're so fearful about what you think is going to happen. I think this is what I see a lot of times with people when it comes to their jobs. There's such a lack of integrity because they're afraid if they stand up for Jesus Christ. What, what will people say? What will people think? And you kids are here. You go to your schools, and, and you, you're fearful of, of standing up for the Lord and, and being 
adults and teenagers and young children as of character because you're afraid if you take a stand, what will people say and what will people do to you? And the thing that I encourage you is that you didn't understand that, that, that God will give you the grace for whatever we go through, whatever we face, God's grace is sufficient. How do we, how do we get to that point? You're sitting here this morning and you're hearing me talk about this and you're, you're thinking, well, yeah, but man, how do I get there? Well, let me give you a scripture in Psalms 3, 5 and 6, the verses we're going to look at. The guy's name, he was, it was David. He was a king and a very successful king, a very godly man. Not a perfect guy, but a godly man. There was an upheaval in his kingdom. His own family turned on him. That's pretty tough, isn't it? His own son dealt with him, was going to kill his dad because he wanted a kingdom. So what, what, what David was facing was a real fear. It wasn't a fantasy. It wasn't a made-up problem. It was a real fear. He, 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 was, he was running for his life. Uh, he had to be so very distraught about what was going on. And he, he wrote this in Psalms 3, 5, and 6. I laid me down and slept. I awake. <laughs> that don't sound like a big deal, does it? You know what he said? I went to sleep and I woke up. Am I going too fast for you? Am I going over your head now? You know what he said? Evidently, God has a plan for my life, or I wouldn't have woken up. What he said? This, he, this guy's having some problems. He said, I went, I can imagine. He went outside, saw the sun shine on his face, and he thought about the creation of God. He went out at night and recognized the stars and the moon and realized that how wonderful God was. What I want to tell you is this, when it comes to this thing of your walk with the Lord, with this fear, I know someone says fear is false evidence appearing real, F-E-A-R. But there's real fear we also have to deal with. And I want you to understand, you will not philosophize or talk yourself out of fear. You will not argue yourself out of fear. You will not be able to say, I am just not going to be fearful. Lots of luck, kids. Not going to happen. But you can trust yourself out of fear. You can realize that, that God is with you and, and God uh, will encourage you. And, and you can, by trust, you can move away from fear. And the way you move into trust, the way you move out of fear, is by doing the little things and by, by getting up in the morning and, and getting out of bed and realizing that God is sovereign and God is controlling. And because I'm getting up and I, this is what he said, I woke up, therefore God has a plan for my life. I think one of the things that you've got to do, you've got to remember who Jesus Christ is, that he is eternal, uh, that he is resurrected, and that he is victorious. And because he is victorious, you also can be victorious. We're not victorious in our own abilities. We're victorious in his abilities, and you've got to remember that. And you need to understand, as he was talking to this Samaritan church that was suffering, he said, I know what you're going through. I know what you're facing. 
I know things about you that you don't know about yourself. He said, you think you're poor, but you're rich. He is sovereign. He tells them, for 10 days you're going to suffer persecution. You know what I like by that particular scripture? Persecution and suffering doesn't last forever. Aren't you glad? Amen. I tell you. My favorite scripture when it comes to persecution and suffering, this shall also pass. I like it passing. I like it going on. And, I, and this is exactly what he's saying here to the Smyrna church. It's for a brief period of time, but as you're going through the suffering, don't waste the pain. Don't waste the suffering. Don't waste what you're going through. God, with the comfort he's given to you, you can give to somebody else. You think you're so unique and so special. Well, that's only Charlotte, but she's unique and special. I gave her a real poor card today. <laughs> anyway, I'm getting out of it now. But uh, thank I want to encourage you. You're, you're sitting here, and you're, you're going through these difficulties, and, and why sitting here and talking to Jesus? Why? Why am I going through this? I'm not Jesus, but I'm just going to play right now. He's saying this. Why not? Why not? Who do you think you are? Why not? Jesus wants to speak. Do you all want to hear? Do you want to listen? The word of God. That's what he's talking to us through. You're suffering. I know. I know. I understand. He understands what it means to be betrayed. For folks not to be loyal and honest with him. He understands all that. He knows. He understands. And he sits here and tells us, don't. Be afraid. Some of you have come this morning and you're gripped by it. You're gripped by the what is. You've got a choice to make. You've heard me say it many times. You have the freedom to choose, but you don't have the freedom to choose the consequences once you've chosen. And so this morning, would you choose to believe? Would you choose to trust? Or you choose to live a life of, of what is? Have you come this morning sick and tired of being sick and tired? Have you reached that point yet? Maybe you need to pray the prayer that we have the fellow in the New Testament years ago. He prayed this, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. It's a good prayer. And so this morning, look to Jesus. He is the author, the finish of our faith. As we started the message, look up, look ahead. You know, I always found being in services like this, and I, it happened to me Saturday morning. I was, in a, I was in a graduation service, and the fellow came up and spoke. I'm not sorry. Yeah, Sunday morning. And through that message, God spoke to my heart. I don't know. If that was what the message was all about, I don't know. But I know that God took that message and spoke to me and spoke to my heart. And I made some decisions for the Lord that day. I started looking things, you know, the way you look at things differently is look 
at them through his point of view. That's how you look at things differently. You, you can't. I, I'm reading all kinds. I read all kinds of books and all that kind of stuff. But I'm really, really concerned about what he thinks. I'm not so much concerned about someone's opinion about what he thinks. Like he can't speak to you. He can speak to you. And he is speaking to you. And he's desiring to speak to you this morning. The question is, will you listen? You're here this morning, you're suffering. Maybe because of family. Maybe because of the job situation. Maybe because of, of your schooling. Maybe because of, of something's happening within your family. Maybe there's some illnesses that you're dealing with. And, and all these things are awful situations that we're dealing with. And, and, and you're, you're, you're suffering. And, and you're, maybe you're starting to kind of feel a little sorry for yourself. Or, or why me type of thing. And maybe you think that no one understands. And you're all alone in this thing. But you're not. You're not. I know, he tells us, what he says. I understand. Fear not. It doesn't mean fear not because you're going to no more suffering come your way. It says fear not because I'm going to be with you in the suffering. Your choice this morning, maybe you hear it, you're not really sure about eternity. People walk into these services and, and you've come for whatever reason you're here. You're not really sure about eternity. You die where you spend eternity. Our desire for you is to do what God's word says, is to understand that he paid the price on Calvary, that we stand here this morning as sinners and, and God loves us. And he said if we will repent, ask God to forgive us and cleanse us of our sin, that he would come into our heart, be our personal savior, take residency in our life. And he'll never leave you nor forsake you. So maybe you're here and you're dealing with some areas. You may be mad at God this morning. Have you ever been mad at God? Yeah. Say, were you right? No. Did you do it anyway? Yeah. Why is that? Because, you see, I'm flesh. So whatever God is speaking to you this morning about, I always find maybe an opportunity to come and say, God, I just need your help this morning. Our altars will be open. Folks, will we pray with you if you'd want? Whatever your need is, if you're not here, not sure about eternity, you'd like someone to show you in the Word of God how you can know heaven's your home, man, we'd like to talk to you. Maybe you need to come and say, God, I just need, I just need God. Okay, that's okay. Let's stand, please, for prayer.